I'm Lindsay, mom of two active boys on the West Coast and believe there's no reason for money to be ugly. I love helping busy moms make it pretty without using cash envelopes or coupons. And I'm Megan. Me and my husband, we have four kiddos and I relate more to the dad role than the mom. And I'm an HGTV loving, oversharing finance nerd. Together we host the Money Stuff with Moms podcast. We understand the hashtag mom life but we also can appreciate the big picture adulting responsibilities like money. In this podcast, we invite you to be a part of our no fluff, fun conversations that will give you helpful on the go finance tips. Even if it's just a peek behind the curtains to hear about what we are doing with our money. So the question was, I just received $50,000 in inheritance and I have $50,000 in debt. So what do I do with this inheritance? Do I pay off the debt or do I do something else with that money? Um, so I'm curious, Megan, uh, if somebody came to you and asked that question, um, what's the like, <clears throat> you know, 10 questions that you would answer in return as we do with questions like this? I know. I'm so sorry. Like that's, I feel like there's just not inf enough information for me to, and I didn't see the question in the Facebook group. So I couldn't like peek at the profile picture and like kind of judge in terms of stage of life and age and whatever else. But um, this is when, when the question comes up and it's like, okay, I I've been presented with a lump sum of money that either may or may not have been expected. What do I do with it? It kind of reminds me of like when we get our income tax refunds yeah of us that do get them and one of the rules that I like to make for our family is to have almost like a pie percentage so if we do get a refund x number is going to go to debt x number is going to go to savings and x number we're just going to spend it <laughs> on fun or, yeah. or else just so that you kind of make some boundaries for yourself. Um, but I'd be curious to know, like, what kind of debt is it? Is it high interest? Is it something yeah. that stresses you out? Is it something that causes tension in your relationship? Are you in a relationship? Is this your debt or their debt? Um, and then for the money, the person, I mean, it's, it's unfortunate to get an inheritance because that means you've lost a loved one. Is there something that this loved one would have really loved you to do with it? So yeah. like, is it purchase something to spend some time with your family, like maybe like a gaming device or a weekend away, or maybe those plane tickets that you've been putting off buying because you just felt like it wasn't the right time. Like, is there something that that person would have wanted to gift you? Yeah, that's good to consider. Something to keep in mind. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, if it was me, I would do the pie version where I would say, okay, we're going to put X amount on debt, X amount, we're going to throw into savings and, um, X amount, we're going to just spend it. We're going to do something really fun for our family, for me, take a spa day, take my girlfriends on a little weekend getaway, like do something where there's no guilt. Fair. What about you? What would you say? So um, my response to her was, that depends. <laughs> I followed oh, up. You're just as I, annoying as I am. 
yeah, I followed it up with, I know that's a really annoying answer, <laughs> but it's the right answer. Um, so I have a general rule of thumb that we don't use lump sum gifts to pay off debt. I general rule of thumb, not always. There are so many reasons why we might break that rule. Um, but my theory is that when we take a lump sum and pay off debt, and if that debt came from spending habits or poor choices, um, yes, we save the interest on that debt, which is a bonus. That's wonderful. But those people end up back in debt a couple years later. They're in the exact same situation. So versus uh, compound interest, money should double roughly every seven years. So if this person is 35, 30 years from now, so it goes 50 to 100, 100 to 200, 200 to 400. In retirement, we're talking about a $400,000 $400, difference to retirement. At the same time as we're talking to a, about a $50,000 debt now. And so what people will say is I'll pay off the $50,000 that I have in debt and I'll take the money that I was paying on that debt and I'll invest it. No, you won't. And if you do, you'll do it for six months, maybe even six years, but you're not going to do it forever because there's a serious like creep of, you know, lifestyle in our life. Like it just creeps and so you might invest that extra for a period of time. Most people won't. So, and the other thing, most people tell me, I assume you get the same, but uh, most people tell me that they wish that they had started investing earlier. This is free catch up. Take the 50 grand. It's like you started investing monthly years ago. So, if the debt is from um, poor spending habits, even if it's high interest, I kind of take the, well, you made your bed, so you got to lie in it approach. Um, oh, harsh. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a bit, I'm a bit mean that way um, because I have just seen so many people pay it off and not learned the lessons. Um, and those lessons of, spending less of saying no to the you know all of the the advertising and the you know the the polls that we have to spend those things take a long time to learn and so i want them to take that time to pay it off um and in in those situations often we're looking for like ways to get the interest lower mm -hmm. um but yeah, so that's that was my that was my answer to her. That my general rule is that we don't, don't take an asset to pay off a liability. Um, but if it was something that was causing them, you know, a lot of stress in their life or in their marriage, um, totally different scenario. Mm -hmm. um, if it was a renovation where they have now increased the value of their home, maybe a different. But in that case, well you might be able to wrap that in with a mortgage at a pretty low interest rate over the next 20 or 30 years. So is that the best use of the money? Maybe, maybe not, right? Crunching, crunching some numbers to, to make that decision.
but uh, but yeah, as a general rule, I want to see people use the bonuses, the insurance payouts, the um, the tax refunds, um, these inheritances, uh, all of those things. I generally want to see it uh, invested from a behavioral standpoint. That I find that really fascinating and not the worst idea. I actually really like that idea. It does feel harsh. It's harsh. It yeah. does. Um, and when you talk about lifestyle, when people are coming to me, they're not paying me to be nice. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, I can that's see my that. excuse. Like you are paying me to be harsh. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's absolutely no no fluff, no frills about that one. Um, but one thing that might be interesting. Because lifestyle creep is is real. We all it happens to every single one of us. Um, but if you can take some of the inheritance and place it on debt that you now don't have access to, uh-huh. so I know that there is good debt, bad debt. Like there's all these weird terms about it. Yeah. Um, but if you could take. And it's tempting to want to take the money and put it on a credit card or tempting to put take the money and put it on the line of credit if you're not going to listen to Lindsay and you are going to go ahead and put it on debt. Yeah. Um, you, and you are affected by lifestyle creep. She's absolutely right. You may just be encouraging um, your poor behavior. And I hate saying poor behavior, but maybe just um, un- unperfect choices. Yeah, unperfect <laughs> choices. But even though the interest rate might be lower and even though their interest might be deductible and there's all these benefits of having this other debt as opposed to the credit card or um, the line of credit, if you took some of the funds and you put it on those debts that you now are reducing or wiping out that you now don't, you can't touch. They don't, you can't reduce them and then still access them. And those would be things like um, OSAP. Well, OSAP, because I live in Ontario, but like um, that's a student loan program that we have here where um, a lot of our students have that OSAP, um, any type of student debt that's tax deductible. Also, um, I'm even thinking like, you're like putting a little lump sum if you have a mortgage mm-hmm. or putting some aside and saying, okay, now I have like six months of rent payments that are going to yes. come from the 50. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, my style of budgeting, we have, you know, many different bank accounts for all different future expenses and nine times out of 10, they don't have a, enough money in them um because that takes a long time right it, and and we drain it and then we have to fill it back up and so if we can fill some of that up like i know for me also thinking about my grandparents like they were they came from a time of um like saving um of you know not knowing what tomorrow was going to look like like they they lived through different times right um like really hard working people um and if i told my grandfather that i took his hard earned money to pay off my credit card that i used at the mall like he would roll over in his grave <laughs> oh 
my gosh. Hey, Megan here. I don't mean to interrupt the episode, but I just wanted to pop in and say how grateful Lindsay and I are to have you choose us to be in your earbuds today. If you have a quick second, we will really appreciate you hitting the subscribe and leaving us a five-star review. It really helps us promote our podcast more than you know. Now on to the rest of the episode. So I do think about it that way a little bit. I also laugh a little bit. Anytime I, I go to like a, a drive through coffee place, I think about him and I'm like, imagine if I told my grandfather who like, you know, used to make it on top of a, a wood stove, his coffee, right. That I was too lazy to set the program button at home to have it ready for me in the morning. And that instead I used my time and my gas to go and sit through a drive through and pay somebody $5 for a coffee. He would think that I had absolutely lost my mind. Uh, I think about my grandparents a lot. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, that's great. And I can share that it must have been now 15 plus, maybe around 15 years ago, my husband did receive an inheritance. And when he received it, we had just, I think we had just had our first baby. We, so in a very short amount of time, we bought our first, our first home, we got married, and we had a baby like within like, nine months of each other it was just like all happened you and, beat us we were yeah we were 11 months oh no 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 no. I'm wrong we were like two years anyways like we bought our house in May of 2008 we got married in July of 2008 and we had our first baby in April of 2009 so it was like boom 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 all these crazy things are happening, major life transitions. Um, We had just graduated in May of 2008. (laughs) And so we were both starting new careers, just trying to figure this all out. Um, It wasn't a new relationship. We had been, we had been together for many years before we got married. Um, So that was helpful, but there was a lot of change. And then that fall, I think we, Greg had gotten an inheritance And what we did with it was we took a portion of it and we put it aside and we said we were, um, so the person that he got this inheritance from, they were snowbirds and that was his fondest memory of them was visiting them in Florida. Um, They had a lemon tree and like all these, like he just, that was his thing was like, this is my fondest memory of this person. And so we took a lump sum of it and we put it aside and we said, we're going to go back to where we're going to go visit the community that your memories are from. We'll take our kids to Disney. This is what we're going to do. And we just put it aside and we forgot about it until it was time for us to do that trip. And the rest of them, some of the money we paid off our car. So now we have no more car payments, which was amazing when I was just starting maternity leave. Now I have one last payment to worry about. And, um, the rest of it, we, we put it all in our mortgage. Yeah. So I broke your rule. You did. Um, and now in hindsight, if we would have taken it and invested it, it probably would have done us much better. Mm -hmm. Um, but at that stage of life, it just felt like we had accelerated our responsibilities and we needed 
to catch our breath. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> so that's yeah. what we did with it. Um, and yeah. Yeah. It's, I often say like, these are, these are personality decisions, not math decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, right. I mean, if you pay off a car and then you drive that car and you are now debt free and you don't go into any more debt mm-hmm. um, and you make those good decisions, well then paying off the car, the compounding interest calculator doesn't work as well with all those variables. <laughs> well, the car and the this many years and the this how much groceries are, like you can't quickly plug that in or like there's no easy math for that on what benefit did that have for you guys? I mean, by doing it that way, we could probably, um, you know, draw a line to you guys saving to buy your first rental. And like, if you're right, if you're caught up in payments and debt, it's hard to save up and to get yourself, you know, stay up on payments so that you have a good credit score and so that you are in a position to purchase a revenue property. So there's, it's really, really hard to know. And that's why I always say, like, where did this debt come from? Mm-hmm. Um, and what other options do we have here? And, uh, you know, I just, I love, these are one of the things that I love, like the power of budgeting, of looking at a, a plan of what does it look like being out of debt? What does it look like if we keep this debt? What does the debt cost us? And making the decision from, looking at the math as well as identifying our personalities. Like I remember I, I worked with a guy um, when I first became a financial advisor and he had been given an inheritance and he, he invested it at first, I think, or saved. I can't remember what he did with it, but he like, he held on to the lump sum. Um, but uh, a few months into university, he took it out and put it in his bank account and lived off it while he went to school. And this was not somebody who was going to school, like they weren't in med school. They were in like first year university. I was like, come on, dude, like get a summer job. Like you don't need to use that to pay your rent. If you did and you were working in the summers and like, you know, going to med school or I use that as an example, I realize there's lots of different, you know, high intensity learning environments, not just med school, but, uh, If it was one of those scenarios, then you could say that his inheritance was the like investment in his education, the investment in his uh, career, kept him out of debt and got him on that right track. What I knew of this kid's personality, that was not how this money was going to be used. This was his investment in, um, you know, cinnamon buns and beer. (laughs) And probably poor grades. <laughs> poor guy. I don't know him anymore. Maybe he's gone on to be something fantastic. Let's hope that my that my memories and assumptions of him are are uh, totally incorrect. But you know, yeah, it totally depends. It totally depends. And I kind of like the idea that you like the breadcrumb you planted with the like don't put it on debt. Um, because if you think about it, depending on your own personal situation, like if you have young kids you like you could take advantage from all these programs where the where maybe right now you can't afford to be making those deposits so you can Mm -hmm. set those aside and take advantage of the free money that's available to you good point absolutely so like I one of the things that 
I've been helping clients with for the last six months, which I've always helped clients with um, disability tax credits because I, oh. I am involved in tax planning and, and those types of strategies. I have never seen more disability tax credits come across my desk than in the last six months. Hmm. And there is a special savings account similar to an education account where the money that you deposit in these types of accounts, you're also entitled. I mean, sometimes it's income specific. It is with the registered disability savings plan. It's not with education, but for every dollar you put in, the government will, will, you know, help you contribute and we'll put in some grant money in there for you. And that's another way to, like you said, if your money doubles every seven years, how much more fuel in the fire can you put if also you're not the only one putting the money in? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, I did a poll in, um, which, um, so sorry, quick little side note here, um, for listeners, we will do an episode on disability tax credit and, uh, you know, and, and, uh, our DSPs. Um, so stick around or, or, uh, keep your eyes up for that. If that just piqued your interest. Um, but, uh, I did a poll in my group a while ago and I asked, the question was, if you could turn back time, would you have asked your parents to help you with your edu- like your tuition or give you $50,000 when you were, I can't remember what age I said, I think probably 30. Overwhelming was $50,000 at 30. Um, and the reason that I bring that up is because we realize when it's, somebody else's situation like what a big deal fifty thousand dollars could be like that could be the down payment on a house right um we don't know what's going to happen in the future but we do know that you know cash is king as you know the the uh, old guys in the industry have said for years um we know that and so i just think that for most situations certainly not all situations I think that our debt problems I don't like that word our debt balances can be handled through um earning more reducing our other expenses making a little bit different decision and we don't need to take this you know this powerful thing that the universe has handed us, whether or not it's inheritance or, you know, a bonus at work or a tax refund, we don't have to use that to pay this like kind of negative energy debt thing on the side. We can use it for, uh, for good in, in the future. So um, I just, I like rules of thumb because I, we talk about this a lot. I hit decision fatigue really fast. Me too. Me too. So like, a rule of we don't take an asset to pay off a liability is just my my go-to yeah. uh, position. And then we can, I'm willing to be convinced that I'm wrong, that yeah. that is not the best solution. Um, but there are just, you know, a million ways to get to a destination. And I think that setting rules and creating frameworks that are also meant to be broken, but setting them is so powerful for your mental health, for decision fatigue. Like when I was working corporate, 
I made a rule. We got bonuses every quarter and every single bonus went to my RSP except for the Christmas bonus. And so every single bonus, I never saw it. It went straight to my worker yes. RSP. Um, Cause I cared that we got it. Cause it meant that we, uh, us as a team were hitting our goals, but I never saw it. And then I knew, I also knew I didn't have to make a decision in December. The HR person knew I was taking that bonus. They knew I was, a, I was willing to pay the tax on it, that it was just like, this is my framework. But also if I didn't need the money at that Christmas, which has never happened, I always needed the money. Always need more money. At I Christmas. always needed <laughs> it. But should there have been a year where I was like, you know what? I didn't need it. I would have absolutely broke the framework, but it just allowed for me not to have one decision that I didn't have to weigh the pros, weigh weigh the cons. What about this scenario? What about that scenario? What about debt? What about this? It just was like, no, all my bonuses from January to September go straight to my RSP. I'm never going to see them. I have had so many of those kind of rules in my life. So we should do a, let's do an episode on, on that. Our favorites. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, so, you know, with this, uh, I was really uh, pleased by the response that I got to my reply to this post. Um, and she said that uh, recognizing that it depends um, was helpful for her. Um, I think she was looking for the right answer and I think it gave her some freedom to know that there's lots of different options and uh, uh, I think that's that in itself is also helpful right to um, to realize that yeah there's lots of different ways it could go so um, I think that we've had we've had some like fun ideas for future episodes. So we'll, we'll go and record the, those uh, in the future for you guys, because uh, this is a good topic. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll come back to it again. And if we've ever talked about something or brushed over something more quickly than you would have liked, want us to dig deeper into something, head over to the Facebook group and just let us know. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. All right. Well, those are the uh, the rules of thumb to leave you guys with for this week. We'll see you again soon. Thanks for spending your time with us today. If you heard anything that piqued your interest, check out the show notes because we probably have some extra deets or links down there. Your homework for today. Go talk to someone about your money, either your spouse, your kids, your coworker, or a licensed professional. And if you don't like those humans today, we're always talking in Lindsay's Facebook group, Black is the New Red. So join us over there. Head over to Facebook, type in Black is the New Red. You'll see so many amazing like-minded individuals in there trying to get better, asking the right questions, supporting one another. We look forward to hanging out with you again on your next dog walk or while you watch soccer practice from the sidelines. Cheers. Cheers.